Welcome to the Crexy Podcast, an insider's look at all things commercial real estate. I'm Ashley Kopovich, Regional Director at Crexy, and today's host. Each episode, the Crexy team dives into a broad range of topics and conversations with featured experts to investigate trends, educate listeners, and understand the latest industry news in commercial real estate. As the nation's fastest growing online CRE platform, we're excited to provide a window into the inner workings of commercial real estate for this generation and the next. Welcome and thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Crexy Podcast, an insider's look at all things commercial real estate. Today, we are thrilled to sit down with Tejas Gosai, CEO of the Lehigh Valley Private Equity Fund, to discuss his in-market expertise and how digital marketing helped him establish himself as a leading broker nationwide. So before we have him hop in, I'll give you guys a little more detailed background. Tejas has over 20 years of real estate experience, including development, property management, and commercial finance. He started his career younger than most by earning a Bachelor of Science degree in less than three years from Ithaca College, while double majoring in marketing and legal studies with a minor in economics. He became one of the youngest students in 2006 to attain a Juris Doctorate from the Pennsylvania State University Dickinson School of Law. After completing grad school, Mr. Gosai moved to his hometown just south of Pittsburgh. He began a series of real estate development projects with a group of physicians, lawyers, and small family offices. With a focus on creating generational wealth for his investors, Tejas constructed, opened, and operated over a dozen major hotels, gas stations, and multifamily assets, and developed retail and strip malls totaling over $75 million in real estate holdings. Combining his experience, Mr. Gosai created one of the fastest growing commercial real estate firms specifically focused on the Allentown, Bethlehem, and Easton markets. He and his firm have closed over $100 million in deal volume with an average of 26.4 listing days on market. Absolutely insane. We are so excited to have you on board. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Love you, Crexy. That was such a long-winded intro. I'm sorry, Ashley. No, it's totally fine. You have such amazing accomplishments. We need to tell our guests how excited we are to host you on the platform here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I've been a big fan um, of you guys. So it's neat to talk about my stuff, I guess. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the, um, Excitement is well received um, and, and it goes both ways here at Tejas. Um, so I know I gave a little bit of, of background um, and experience, but I'd love for you in your own words to kind of walk us through your career path. Sure. So how'd you first get involved, uh, you know, kind of in commercial real estate? Uh, so I was born in India and, uh, you know, I got to watch my family, my father's a physician go from, uh, you know, I grew up pretty poor and, uh, got to see my father become a physician. And I really think a lot of the, the struggle helped a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, my father decided to build up the town that he built his medical center. in. so he built a gas station, built a hotel. He used a lot of his own money to do so. And after college and law school, I, um, kind of just taught my dad how to syndicate real estate deals, um, which was the first time I had ever done it. So we were both learning um, on the spot. And um, 
that's that's kind of how everything went from zero to 60. It was a really good, long-winded um, exploration of like building hotels, figuring out where things work, looking at occupancy and average daily rate and um, being able to find a piece of real estate on the side of a road on a phone call. Um, so we've had a lot of craziness over the years, but it, it started out, um, you know, with one property and one concept and one idea and got to grow a little bit. I love that. I love that. Um, I love hearing your background as well. Um, you know, kind of, I, I, I think that those types of stories are beautiful. I come from a single mom, so it's, you know, kind of the same thing and you just kind of learn early on. It's the, the, the grit, it's the determination and things like that, that are just going to kind of make sure that you are setting yourself up for success and not wanting to fail. Um, so I, I think that's awesome. Thanks for sharing a little bit more of your background with us and our listeners today. Um, uh, taking a kind of, uh, a little bit of a step forward on what you were saying, it starts with one, right. One development and things like that. So how would you say that working on the development side prepared you for entering into the brokerage or investment side of the industry? Sure. Uh, thank you. And a lot of people think it's just kind of bizarre that I became a realtor after building, um, as much as I had the opportunity to. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I graduated a little young. I've always been kind of um, ahead of the times as far as I think. Um, <laughs> but I'm a data nerd. So I knew I wanted to get into the real estate business, right? This is a business. People are like, ah, buying properties, real estate. But um, I didn't, I wanted to kind of learn the tools and the, the skills. And so uh, my father really gave me a crazy opportunity. It was like, hey, we're building this hotel. Um, you can GC this and basically help with the whole construction project. Uh, mind you, I was a third year in law school. And so I was driving back and forth from Penn State and um, I got obsessed. It was so much fun to go through the process as a you know young 20 year old and um, seeing it from start to finish. You know, The piece of land is over here. We have a feasibility study. The feasibility study is used to find the franchise, the franchise combined with all these pieces is what attracts the investors to come in. And then, you know, after you close a loan, you have a construction loan, that whole process, I got to learn on the fly and it was awful. It was relentless. Um, and and, and I, I mean, I still have like nightmares about it because it, 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 it's really, it's, it's fun, but it's very difficult to build ground up and to do multiple projects at one time. So, so yeah, the, the first time I got to build a hotel, um, I didn't sleep very much. And because <laughs> it was my family's hotel, I, you know, everyone wants everything to be perfect. And it was the first time my father kind of gave me this opportunity. So um, yeah, first hotel that we built, 86 room, Best Western, and it was block and plank construction, pool, beautiful. Um, and it's actually on 101 Go Side Drive. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it, it's an even better reason. So my dad obviously picked road and he picked drive because backwards it's Dr. Go My dad's Dr. Go Wow, that's awesome. Okay, <laughs> a little pun okay. in there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but, I, you know, I think you got to th just get into what you're doing. And that's what I had the opportunity to do. And I never looked back. I've actually never had a, um, an employment contract. I've never had a salary. I've always owned my own businesses. Um, sink or swim. You got to, you know, pay your staff before you pay your mortgage, all that kind of fun stuff. 
Absolutely. So it seems like you were just really thrown into everything and just kind of learned a lot on the fly, right? Totally. Um, so data, right? You can figure out every answer in the world if you look online and you spend enough time and get into the minutia. Um, but that's kind of how I learned the hotel world. It was really um, talking to experts, asking them, begging them for information, looking at the internet, doing the calculations for you know, what the metrics are for a hotel and, um, you know, how important all those things are all the way through. Like when you, when you do a project, you have to answer to the bank or you have to answer it to your investors. So the more obsessively, you know, about every date and item without looking at your notebook and things like that really matter. And then I got to see that firsthand. We went right into a second hotel and a third hotel and, you know, it just kind of never stopped after that. But um, you know, I'm still learning stuff today that I didn't know, or I don't know, or I thought I knew better. Um, so it's, it's fun. You're like a kid in this business. All the time. <laughs> yep. You gotta be a sponge. And I always say, um, right. The classic phrase of knowledge is power, right. Um, in sales, there's always the line of always be closing. I always think about always be learning right? Because there's something that anyone can teach you. And the more that you know, the more confident that you appear and, you know, the people that want to work with you or banks or things like that, that you're talking about. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's always a good lesson to, to keep in your mind. I absolutely agree. There's this Indian saying, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it because I'll mess it up, but it's like, you have to rip knowledge away and give something back. Um, so like, you, you know, I think people are very timid in today's age. People don't like to use the phone. Um, you know, I was a big calling robot for many years to get my real estate business off the ground. Yep. Um, but all those touches and, you know, it's all about sales. It's all people want a story. They want to communicate with you. Um, people are kind of afraid to go and do something. It's like every year they're more and more afraid where, you know, you have to you just got to do it. And mm -hmm. it's easy to say it. It's hard to do it. But, you know, I'm trying to make a point here. Go, go do it. <laughs> Go do it. Absolutely. And I think too, and we'll get to this, but especially in real estate and commercial real estate, I mean, it's a very relationship driven business and you still got to make those cold calls, right? I love making cold calls. I, I truly do. And, you know, I'll be in sales my whole career and it's definitely the foundation and, you know, meeting people in person and face to face and really, you know, selling yourself as well as selling the brand that you you're representing, but you know, those connections and you just got to go out and do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to people, mess yep. up, make a yeah. draft. Like it's okay. <laughs> Tell people you don't know stuff. Right? Yep. I always, I always say this in part of my French, but a shitty first draft, right? You know, you gotta, you gotta mess yes. up a couple of times before yes. you get into the groove of what you're talking about. So those are amazing lessons, um, you know, of what you've taken on earlier in your career. And I'm sure you have a ton more that I'd love to go into. Um, but what are some of the challenges that you sort of faced, especially when you were in more of the investment ownership career um, that best prepared you for success? Um, I'm big on the preparation, right? So, um, here, I'll say something that I had to overcome that I still have to overcome is my, my age. Um, because when I was a 20, 23 year old mm -hmm. building hotels and talking to investors, I was just a young 23 year old. Um, and then when I was 25 and I already built a couple of hotels, I was still a young 25 year old. And even though I you know, by 27, I was just always, you know, people kind of, it's uh, different. It's difficult when you're younger, but it's difficult by default. Like there's a lot of older seasoned people 
in the business that are weathered. So, and there's a big barrier of entry. So that was like kind of my biggest thing, being able to, and I'm going to say this negatively first, like being able to convince someone that you're right. Like, I don't really mean you have to convince them. Like if you have a good product, you have passion, you, you know, you, you can look at yourself in the mirror. If you sell somebody something, it's, it's a good thing. You have a, you have a relationship for a very long period of time. So um, investors are risk averse. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're working with somebody new or a different opportunity, there's risk and people don't want to take risk. So the only way to fight that is by getting more knowledge, more information, and then able to portray it. Like you got to act like you, you know everything, but you really could know everything about this meeting or this topic or, you know, like all the variables that people kind of ask you. So, um, yeah, I think it, dealing with investors is always difficult on any scale. Um, I think like I'm still sometimes, you know, uncomfortable talking to a big investor that's done, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of deals, or even I ran into a real estate agent um, from New York that wanted to look at some of our properties. And I looked him up, he closed like 2 billion in real estate deals. I'm like, you know, he fantastic. Like I'm blushing looking up to somebody like him. So, you know, being humble, having some scale and working hard works. Yes, I I believe that. And, you know, to your point, I, I feel that a lot of young professionals that are just getting started feel the same way. And, you know, a lot of people want to see the gray hair in the room or, you know, may or may not believe you. But I, I absolutely agree that the more prepared that you are, the more confident you are in yourself, you know, practice your pitch in front of a mirror multiple yes. times. Right. That's that's the best thing for success. Try to anticipate the questions that you're going to get ahead of time and make sure that, you know, you do know your deals or you do know your pitches inside and out. So you can confidently say something off the cuff and respond versus looking at your notebook or something like that. Those little things are, are really what's going to make you win the business and put yourself, you know, ahead of the other competition and kind of combat a little bit of, you know, people wanting an older person or seeming or thinking, you know, that they want that versus, you know, going with you as an example. Or they just don't want you. You got to make them. Want them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a you want me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Awesome. So there there was a lot of really good lessons in there. Um. And you know how you kind of t- took your challenges and potentially negatives and turned them into positives for your career. Um. Before we pivot into more digital marketing, um, is there any other lessons or tools that you learned, you know, kind of early on that you um, want to share with the rest of us? Anything else that kind of comes to mind? Um, I guess real estate related there, and this is kind of a data thing too, right? There's, there's just a ton of software out there and databases and information, um, like everything's on the internet. And there's so many people willing to share all of that stuff. Um, so like, just Reonomy is a really good resource to find owners, data mine, um, like that, that combined with Crexy has made us millions of, of closings um, or has gotten us to the table. Um, so yeah, just, just there's so much out there. Uh, I don't have an exact answer, but like, please look, it's there and then you'll be confident you'll have some fun. Um, I promise. 
Absolutely. Again, I mean, the age of the internet, everything is out there. And one of the things too, that really resonated with me is you would call professionals and just ask them, you know, people love to help other people. So just raising your hand and kind of asking and being hungry for that knowledge and to learn, I think is absolutely invaluable. And everyone's accessible. Everyone has Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada. LinkedIn, exactly. People want to connect and and then they want that, especially in today's world that, you know, some people are lacking that connection. So they definitely want it. Totally. I'm like, when are we meeting? Yeah, exactly. Can I take you for a coffee, please? Tuesday at two or Wednesday at four. (laughs) I love that. Um, So moving into more of our second topic and pivoting into digital marketing, Um, you've discussed data and technology. So talk us through how you've used technology to build a successful commercial real estate network. Sure. So I'm a child of the internet. I like no HTML and I had Netscape and Prodigy and like just grew up through the internet um, and just loved data. Um, but, but then as I became an adult and saw how you could own more data than the other person, um, you know, which would give me more answers or more information, um, I was able to apply a lot of the tools like Facebook was out when I was a senior in high school or freshman, I can't remember, but, um, you know, learning about how you can connect people. So um, data mining, a big thing in real estate and a big piece of what I do is find the person. And it's really difficult to find the person, but nowadays it's a little bit easier, but then there's more people contacting those folks. So you always have to kind of get ahead of the curve. So yeah, we have a podcast, we do a bunch of great stuff, yada, yada. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think a big thing about data and everybody wants the answer to this stuff is like, how do we get the listings? That's what everybody asks us. How do you get mm-hmm. the listings? Yep. And so when I moved to the Valley, um, I'm an hour north of Philadelphia. Um, our economy is, uh, our economy went from 36 billion to over 45 billion in the past five years. I got my real estate license on January 1st, 2017. And so the, the first things I did is I learned um, this thing called Mojo Dialer. Okay, and yep. It's a triple line dialer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used I, it. I've, I've called, I called everybody I, and I didn't tell them about my background or my history. I just figured out how to get through the gate, communicate with the people, ask for a meeting, things like that. Um, I actually took autodidactic tonality classes and all, you know, these things are like, let me help you sell your home and go into pitches and tones. So um, I, I don't think I did anything revolutionary, but I, I built our real estate practice on expired listings, calling them, showing up, begging for the work, um, having a good media company. Like after I sold one listing, it took me eight months to make my first paycheck in this business. Um, So 2017 got my license. Like, I'm like, I swear to God to my wife, I'm like, this is going to work. I swear. And, you know, went eight months without a paycheck, had a first closing, but I had a ton of listings, you know, it takes time to build the business. So, um, you know, in this business, you got, it's what you're marketing. So I'm marketing the opportunity to buy this property. But it's not really to buy. I'm marketing the opportunity for the seller to work with us, mm-hmm. to be able to find the best buyer and to make sure it works out the right way. So 
um, a lot of the phone calls became easier because there was more data. Um, the sellers got to see our track record very quickly. Like if I sold one listing, like everyone heard about it, you know, just we did it in 28 days. We did it in this amount of days. Um, so that's how we built our business. It, it was really just phone call after phone call after meeting, doing the best. Uh, we get 1,000 characters in the MLS for the remarks, like making sure it's the best narrative you can possibly put together. You have to make people salivate over the inventory. Um, but that's how we did it. That's literally how we did it. And anyone could do it. It, it was just a relentless onslaught of calling and meeting more people than anyone else was willing to meet. So Pre-COVID, it was a little bit easier, um, but that's how we built our business. And and that's awesome. And that's doing everything that you were saying that you were doing, right? Making the calls, actually showing up and doing it, you know, putting it out there after. I think that some people, you know, even in this day and age have a problem sometimes with bragging. Right. And, you know, having having something close in 24, 25, 26 days on average, I mean, that's brag worthy. Right. So it's totally. making sure that you're you're controlling the narrative and you're putting it out there where it needs to be so that those people are you know, going to come back to you and you're going to find other listings because uh, people want that as well. Totally. And and then, you know, the root of real estate, commercial commercial real estate is having listings and then you know, compiling your buyers. I'll just flip it because, you know, we're probably going to talk more about Crexy here and there, but, um, you know, being a data nerd, I've kept every lead that I've ever had on the buyer side for any listing I have ever had since 2017, mm -hmm. organized, like now there's tens of thousands, but, you know, since my first one, I, I, I have kept every single person and I've kept in touch with every single person. I send newsletters and I will do, you know, Christmas gifts and all those things that like blow our budget and it's so expensive, but, you know, we've created such a good relationship with some of these guys. They know it's our listing because we have a very specific, you know, set of remarks. We use the same media company, um, you know, so, so a big part of it is using, um, that to pull the people in, keep them here and let them know that you're working on another listing. Um, you know, we really, this, this, this isn't, I don't want this to sound bad, but like we, we wanted to have both sides of the equation and um, kind of get all the nonsense out up front. Like, here's the financials, here's the information, here's the buyer. You two can talk if you want to. Like, we're, we're just trying to close a deal. It'd be better if we got all the nonsense out in the beginning. Um, so a lot of our model was just built on, you know, this is the listing is the attraction. We have these folks, they like us, they might not be able to buy that piece of inventory, but there's something else here. Um, so yeah, another big thing is newsletters and, you know, social media is great, but I think a lot of people love their inbox and the people that like newsletters and like to repeatedly read the same, you know, topics and, narrative it's 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 uh, an attraction point there, i don't think there's a lot of I mean, you guys all these other companies definitely do but a lot of agents aren't as savvy in that regard or um you know even folks looking at buying and selling real estate themselves um, or syndicating deals there's a lot of ways to use these resources to win the game 
Absolutely. Um, I think, and those constant touches and figuring out the way to separate yourself with, you know, newsletters and things like that, and always keeping your leads, even from, you know, when you first started again, building those relationships and kind of going, you know, out of outside of the box with Christmas gifts or, you know, things like that is, is what's going to keep coming people coming back. And you're absolutely right. Um, you know, there's, there's a buyer out there for everything. And if we had connected a couple of years ago, and maybe it wasn't something that was right for me then, but I now see something else of yours, you know, I'm, I'm going to be more likely to come back to you because you have been doing all of those touches and kind of keeping me in the loop. Right. Um, so what kind of, what kind of digital tools, um, do you use that are really helpful or maybe not as helpful to, to kind of establish these types of things and, and make that, you know, easier for you as a part of your business? Um, can I talk about Crexy Crexy yet? Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So I will say like, now that I've talked a lot about beginning here and there, so um, I was hopefully, I think I was one of the first people to move over to Crexy almost like exclusively. And that is because I spent sometimes 50, $100,000 a year on other platforms that I shouldn't mention here. And then, you know, difficulty was everybody goes to these certain ones and you have to pay for the diamond, the platinum, the like triple platinum. And I just, it was just taking advantage of the process because, you know, commercial real estate agents rely on some of these platforms. So um, Crexy has really made our algorithm change essentially. Like we, we got a Crexy contract. This is a few years ago. We moved all of our listings on. And then the platform took, kind of took care of itself. We were able to put all the due diligence in there. Um, you know, the, the, the lead generation was so easy for us to work with and, you know, move into the right pockets and distill who's, you know, the, the right people that we're working with. So, um, our business is always about refining and refining and refining and like figuring out what works and what doesn't. Um, so the data part of it. So Crexy is one of our biggest um, successes over the past couple of years. We've sold millions and millions. I don't know how much the number is, but I know it's over 50 or 60 maybe at this point with last year. Um, wow. and th- yeah, that's because we put all of our listings out there. We tell all of the people we know to use Crexy, like all the time. I've been doing this for years. I call myself your unofficial mascot. You definitely are. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of people that just don't know. So when pre-COVID, we would do, um, you know, we, we, we had cocktail hours and we gave presentations and things like that. And we, we did something cool. Like I, I hate COVID for this reason, but we had, we had these little cut sheets that were like, you know, here's where our inventory is here's where you can email us directly. Here's how you look at the due diligence portion of Crexy. Mm-hmm. Um, here's why you should look at Crexy and then contact us. So we were like educating a bunch of people um, on the platform. And then we started noticing that a lot of the people within the Crexy world like kept coming back to us. And that, was, that had not, never happened with any other platform. So, you know, and from what I was saying beforehand, like we, we're the listing guys. So I take a ton of pride in every photo, every video, the remarks, everything. So, um, you know, with, with 
with the platform, with the way that works, it really integrated with us. And then also my brokerage, we're at eXp Realty. So, you know, eXp is a virtual uh, real estate firm and they have tons and tons of tools that we can use. Um, so right now we're managing about 80,000 contacts between Crexy and our in-house CRM. We have a 120,000 person newsletter, which is so cost prohibitive to send. Um, but I really enjoy spending the few hundred dollars per newsletter. <laughs> um, but you know, this is like the bottom of the ninth for us. We've We've scrubbed our data. We've pulled so much together. And now, like just in Crexy alone, we have about 6,000 um, leads in our, you know, when you log into Crexy, I can message 6,000 people at one time with a new piece of inventory. I get a 48-hour jump start before you have to put it in the MLS with the new rules. They curbed a lot of the off-market stuff. I don't know if you know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's how we're able to even sell our inventory faster. Our statistics are based on a couple years ago. Like we're selling inventory in five, seven, 10 days, we're getting a letter of intent. And the speed at which our market and then just commercial real estate in general is moving, um, you know, we take advantage of everything. We put the, you know, we require 5% for the deposit um, earnest money you know, re required a letter of intent signed, everything. And we're getting LOIs in our inbox within 12 hours, within five hours of us putting a listing online now. And I, I, I don't know if you want me to share this, but like it's peanuts for, for, your, <laughs> for your platform. Yeah. It's like, I want to pay you more money. Um, I can't tell you how many brokers have actually said that. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's everything that you're saying and, and they come back and they say, you know, I've, I found a buyer through Crexy that I transact with, you know, three or four times even. And, you know, this is paying for Crexy for the next 15 years. You guys got to charge me more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's great. Uh, well, e even in that, um, you know, you guys do the newsletters and all these other touches, but I had a lot of success with the auction platform. Mm. And that's a big piece of like, look, hotels are bought and sold on um, 10x, like all the time. And that's like what the hotel world is customary to. So, um, you know, Crexy Auctions, I've had a couple like 10, $15 million properties uh, go up. We've only sold, you know, it's tough. <laughs> uh, we've only sold a couple of them. It's not the platform. It was the inventory. I unlocked Crexy auctions, um, I think like a year after we started with you guys. Um, the, the first piece of inventory we put on was a property called 600 Flagstaff. And because we put it on Crexy and I shared it with a couple of publicists, we got in the news, which was really cool. So me and Anthony Gutin, I can never pronounce his last name right. Um, you know, we, we got like a spot in a bunch of papers, yep. um, which was really neat. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just things like that. I don't think there's that many platforms that have all of these combinations and then to be able to use the same leads, the same folks to be able yep. to get things out. I, I talk a lot. 
you can stop. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. And I, I can't pronounce Anthony's name either. We call him Gator. So. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you call him? We call him Gator. That's so good. <laughs> so you're totally fine on that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I appreciate all of that because at the end of the day, Crexy truly does want to be the one-stop marketing shop for you. So, you know, when we did release that auction arm and we've seen such great success, um, we just had a, a full business park auction in Las Vegas. Um, it was 155 million, um, went over reserve, sold for over reserve. So it was the largest online auction in commercial real estate to ever be done online. Wow. Um, yeah. And we, and 155 we beat, million. Yep. That was the asking price. And we sold it for way over that. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's fantastic just to see the way that Crexy is involved is evolving and, you know, beating out other, other companies that have been in the auction space for quite some time. So, you know, you're absolutely right. You hit on, you know, where we were talking about in COVID, how, you know, things are changing and people weren't doing the cocktail hours anymore, but the way that they're buying and exchanging and trading commercial real estate has gone a lot online. Oh so, yeah things like Crexy, where you can put the due diligence right in there and you can host your leads and contact them all in one fell swoop. I mean, those things are just invaluable to the brokers like yourselves who are using the platform correctly. There's something to be said for being able to reach a lot of people with something good really quickly. Yep. And we're, 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 we're good at that. Um, I should say also that we've had our biggest deal with Crexy. Um, yeah, what was I can't remember, but it, it was our largest deal through Crexy and it was an LOI within 72 hours that ended up being, it was like a three point something million dollar cash deal that closed in 28 days. So it was literally like dumped it on Crexy, got an LOI, got an agreement of sale, took it off Crexy, it closed. Um, yeah, yeah, that happened. I, I mean, I should tell you guys this stuff. I don't. Yeah, no, that that was going to be a next question. Is there, you know, a success story or things like that? I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. The proof, the proof is right there. Yeah. Um. I mean, I would have never even thought to tell you guys that, but that that's one one thing that that happened. Um. But there's been a bunch of times where because our market is insane. I have to say too, I don't like other markets have other specific environments and you know, totally different worlds compared to our market. Our market is moving. It's just been five years of straight up. Um, our pre-COVID numbers are like we beat, we've, we've just totally surpassed anything that our market has accept, like expected. Um, and it keeps getting better. So for us, we have a lot of new competition and there's much bigger companies. You know, my, my firm, there's a handful of us. Um, I like to think of us as boutique, um, <laughs> but like, you know, some of the big boxes like Marcus and Millichap and um, Rittenhouse and uh, CBRE, uh, mm -hmm. you know, my market was a little bit smaller. Now they're, they're coming over here and for us to be able to compete with them is difficult um, just because they have a bigger everything. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've kept, we've kept going and you know, we, we've like, cause we have to interview, right. We got to go talk to these guys and we know who else they're talking to. And right. there's a couple of guys from Keller Williams commercial that we compete with and it's, and it's healthy competition. Like I, mm -hmm. we all talked to, we all still sell each other's inventory to each other, right. but right. Um, you know, you want them win the listing. So uh, you have to be able to compete. 
and I still use my record. So like, I'm always like, look, we put this on, we took it off. We put this on, it off, this happened. And that's what wins business. Like people almost don't care what we did last year, the year before. It's like, what did you do in the past 60 days? Yes. Crexy statistics are one thing that I predominantly share Mm -hmm. because you can see the uptick and I click on the button. I'm like, look, an hour ago, this person was there and things like that. So um, it's fun. You know, I didn't even mention that, that this helps us win listings. It's not Mm -hmm. just a disposition of properties. It's, it's, you know, one of the key factors to our brand. Absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day in commercial real estate, I I truly think that it's the responsibility of the broker to sell the deal in the quickest amount of time and get the most money for the deal. Right. If you can do that, you, you nail it, you nail it every time and being able Exactly. It's a win-win for everyone. And and being able to show that in technology over and over again, especially in listing meetings, and you can, you know, show that or say, Hey, these are the people that I'm going to immediately call. And this is a report that I'm going to show you. And this is how I'm, I'm going above and beyond and, and differentiating, you know, and, and going to get your deal sold. So I, I absolutely think that's fantastic. It's fun. It's making business <laughs> fun again. COVID it was like, how do you survive this? And then how do you, how do you thrive in this? Now, look, it's 2022. It's like, well, this is the first, I'm you know, like the first human I'm communicating with besides my family. <laughs> yeah. um, but you can, you can take a look back now. And, you know, I think one thing that that's big is we're going to have a lot of dysfunction and like chaos. And that's just the nature of things now. Yep. Um, but like Crexy is a, you're a disruption company. You're here to do something. Um, yep. I think, I think that's, uh, that's, what's going to save the world. It's like people are, people are okay with jostling things here and there and you have to disrupt. It's like Airbnb and this and that and whatever, yep. like, what are you going to do that's different? Um, you kind of almost have to become your own Airbnb, your own disruption in your market. Mm-hmm. In Absolutely. No, I com- I completely agree. That was fantastic and a really great insight look onto all of the stories and how digital marketing has really helped shape your business. So thanks so much for sharing all of that with us. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Same. Um, so pivoting a little bit into, you know, kind of your specific market, um, you know, we're still in the beginning of 2022. A lot of investors are hitting the ground running, um, you know, this year with their new targets. Um, so what kind of market trends or changes do you potentially see on the horizon um, in Philly, in Lehigh Valley, or more broadly on uh, on kind of a nationwide scale? Sure. So I will say I'm in a fast paced uh, market and so are a lot of other people. Um, Everything that happened over the past couple of years totally changed everybody's landscape, whether you were two years, five years, seven years ahead. So I think everyone is still kind of rewriting themselves to some degree, right? We're trying to like take it on and figure it out, but money is moving and it's, all over the place. And I don't mean that in a like, you know, stocks or this or that or whatever. It's just there's people are um, more trusting of real estate, I think, than they've ever been. Um, I think a lot of the great stock and Bitcoin and all these other things make uh, people over 50 even more stressed about 
what's going on in the world. And most of my clients- Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me totally. too, if I'm honest. <laughs> but, but it's great. It's like, you can't pay for that kind of advertising sure. to invest in real estate. It's, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is what's going to be here. So um, I think macro level, a lot of people are doing a lot of things everywhere. There's more people trying to get into real estate. There's people who are in real estate trying to figure out you know, what position they're in, what they can do next. I think also, you know, with, with, with what I've seen and, and, and over the past few years, there's a lot of people who are really doing a good job of getting into real estate and then like jumping pretty quickly. Uh, and then there's other folks that have just amassed such a crazy portfolio. They have like tax issues to deal with. It's mainly, it's not even buying and selling real estate. It's tax game. And how do you, um, you know, cost segregate and should you refinance or things like that. So um, money is moving. Mm-hmm. Investors are looking to invest in real estate. Mm-hmm. Inventory is moving because there's a lot of people that are selling. There's, you know, every day people get older and we have a very large veteran and, um, you know, there's a big population bubble that has owned so much of the real estate and their kids are now doctors and their six unit and their 12 unit put them through medical school and they don't want the property anymore and they live somewhere else like there's so much of that and then one other thing is i I represent a lot of doctors and lawyers just high net worth individuals they're they're people that only trust like a local not not even local they they trust people they communicate with sure Uh, and, and so like, you know, whereas you're going to put all your money in mutual funds and you talk to your financial advisor once every now and then, and, you know, it's different in real estate. And a lot of the younger physicians that are 35, 40, 45, um, the medical industry has changed. So there's, I think there's a huge influx. I don't know if it's because I'm Indian, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are trying to get out of their professions that they have worked really hard for and get 50 units and then not have to do what they're doing. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip. There's, I don't have anything negative to say. I just think there's mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity. I don't know what your opportunity is. I think if you have a good product and you're passionate, like you'll do okay. If you're trying to raise millions of dollars, this mm-hmm. is the year. Now is the time to do it. There's no better time than 2022. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I mean, I, I completely agree in terms of the inventory and just the switch and, you know, where people are at in, in their lives and the, the switch switch, excuse me, of wealth that's, you know, kind of happening and and the the switch, the transfer of wealth that's happening. I I think that that's very generational and, you know, we're going to be seeing that, you know, more and more over the next few years. So getting in and capitalizing on that now would be, would be fantastic. Um, So last kind of, last kind of question for us here as we wrap up, um, so what kind of piece of advice um, or any lessons would you give um, either to investors potentially who want to participate um, in your market or any market? Um, and then as the flip side, uh, any messages to potential brokers um, seeking to establish themselves? So kind of a twofold question. I'll go first, um, just any advice for the investors. And then second, any advice for new brokers trying to establish themselves? So investors, and depending upon where their entry level is, if you're buying a two unit, 
Um, that's awesome. You should buy the two unit if it's a 10 unit, a 20 unit. Um, I think for people who are looking to acquire real estate, the access to the listings is a big thing and speed because the market's moving so quickly. A lot of people are putting in LOIs very quickly to hold a position like uh, faster than ever. Um, so you can lose on a listing really quickly. Mm -hmm. and that is like the worst if you have like analysis paralysis yep. and you don't pull the trigger. Um, this is one of those businesses where an investor is fully in charge of their fate. And that's scary. And, it, and I've done it. Like we've, it's very scary to do a first deal. Second, it's still scary to do a hundredth deal. Um, but if you can, if you're looking, whatever market you're looking at, so you need to access that market that goes to the other part of it, get the right broker because mm -hmm. the, like it's a 50, 50 shot, right? The investor loses if the broker doesn't do his job and the broker is supposed to get the inventory and make sure they get the deal. So, you know, it is a bit of a marriage, but it's a calculated marriage. You know, it's not like a blind, um, another Indian, <laughs> an arranged marriage. Um, you know, the investor is looking for the broker and the market and the broker and the market is looking for a good investor. Sure. Um, so here for, for a, a, just something that would help, I think, specifically is if you're an investor, no matter what stage you're in, if you put a resume together and you have, even if you are just starting out, like I'm passionate about real estate. I have an analyzed 50 deals. I've looked at hundreds of listings. Um, I have a full-time job. I've worked on my credit. Um, that's one thing we do for like first-time investors. They don't own anything. But then on the other side, if there's somebody who has their four unit, eight unit, you know, you really got to make that look awesome. You should submit that with your broker's resume. And we have a broker resume that's like, look, we have closed X amount of deals on the selling side, on the buyer side. On the buyer side, we vet our clients. We get bank statements, pre-approvals, like all of that. We don't even take people out anymore unless you can prove your financial viability. And that makes the broker better and makes the investor better. Mm -hmm. and, and then it's like you take those two pieces and then a listing pops up, like submit. And an LOI is not really worth anything, okay? It's just a, hey, I like you. I want you to like me. Um, <laughs> and, and like speed, consistency, when, mm -hmm. whenever you have that. So operation equals um, luck plus opportunity. I think that will help you just crush the market. I, I love that line. And I, as we're kind of talking, I'm, I'm almost relating this to like dating and, and relationships a little bit, right? It is. You know, it is. So, so as an investor, you know, know what you want, know what you're looking for, uh, know what you have, you know, create that resume um, and, and think on your feet, be fast, right? As we were saying in the beginning, you know, put that action there because if not, someone else is going to swoop it up. So, you know, I kind of have those things. Um, and then, you know, on the broker side, know the market, have your knowledge and, you know, try to find that, that best fit. Um, I, th I think that's fantastic advice. It is totally dating because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, here, I'll, I'll, I don't know how long this is. I'm going to go on a tangent here. I love it that you said that. And I'm, it's not like I think about this, but it is dating now that you've mm -hmm. said it because yeah. you are trying to marry the person, mm -hmm. like every single person you're communicating with, you are trying to marry them. And that's when the deal closes, right? It's like the official contract. And honestly, like no one's really happy until you win in the mm -hmm. relationship. 
Like, right. So that it, it's a it's a fun hunt. It's it's laborious, and you go through emotions, and you lose an LOI. Yep. This property, I should have put five thousand more in. You look at it after it's settled, and you would have won it. And and that's obsession. It's fantastic, and you get obsessed about each other, and and that's good. And that and really, there's good breakup here. Like if the investor is not pulling the trigger, somebody's working their butt off. They're gonna find another investor. Like the broker, sure. you know. Um, on the flip side, like the brokers on the listing side. Okay, we are looking for a good counterpart and a good investor. So it's not like no one's not, everyone has the same aligned interests. I don't think people say that enough. This is a beautiful business, okay? You are putting, anyone who owns a multifamily, you are putting the children of those tenants through school. You're paying for the taxes, right? Yep. You're making sure that the place is taken care of. Um, affordable housing, there's a ton of guys that that is their focus. Yes, you make millions of dollars, but you're also creating housing for millions and millions of people. I think everybody gets obsessed with like cap rate, return, real estate guy with a suit on, blah, blah, blah. But you know, this is really, this is economy. We're helping people. There's people who want to find another place to live that's nicer. And there's another owner that has a better place. And I just wanted to get that out. No, absolutely. I, I think that all too often, you know, you're absolutely right. Or you see commercial real estate brokers as salespeople and, you know, or this is just a deal that needs to get done, but there's so much more that is, you know, coming involved in it. So it's always nice just to, to take a step back sometimes and realize the good that, that is coming from these deals in addition to obviously closing them and, and getting paid and, you know, investors getting, getting a return. Yeah. <laughs> We're healing the world one property at a time. <laughs> the best tagline. It's going to be our new tagline. <laughs> yes. Use it. <laughs> well, that was amazing. Oh, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights, um, especially on such important topics. We appreciate you. your time. Yes. I, I know you're very busy. So thank you. Thank you for taking this, um, this time this afternoon to sit down with us. Uh, sure. where can, where can people find you online if they want to get in touch? So your email or social media. Um, yeah, I'm bad on both of those. <laughs> a LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Those I have messages. Okay. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn. I'm big on LinkedIn. Um, and I'll put my email out there. It's t.g at lvpefund.com. Perfect. I'm also on Crexy. I have a bunch of lists. <laughs> Definitely check him out. You can message him on the platform and he will respond to you, everyone. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> thanks so much for hopping on. Of course. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure not to miss the next one. Visit go.crexy.com slash podcast. That's go.crexi.com forward slash podcast and sign up to get the very next episode delivered straight to your inbox. You can also subscribe to the Crexi podcast on your favorite podcast app or check out our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash Crexi for video recordings of each episode. Goodbye, stay well, and we'll see you next time.